Welcome to Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast where we talk about all things from the solo era as well as uh, occasionally uh, the Beatles. Uh, we are really excited to uh, be here and uh, talk about, uh, I think it's going to be a fun, fun topic tonight, which is top 10 Beatles, uh, well, not top 10 Beatles, top 10 John Lennon song <laughs> that we can't live without. Um, it, see, yeah, Joe's, Joe's t-shirt was distracting. Wrong shirt. <laughs> that was that's my excuse um so yes top 10 john london songs we can't live without is uh if you were going to a deserted island like like i am right now um and uh you could only take 10 songs with you which ones would they be and why so uh we of course encourage you all to share your picks as well uh so uh, but before we get to that we have news to get to and i think we're going to be talking uh about a little uh, you know little news item that happened this week <laughs> uh paul's return to the road so uh, so we've got a lot to cover uh and as always we welcome your comments so before we get to all that as always we'll introduce ourselves uh my name is kid o'toole i am the author of songs we were singing guided tours to the, the beatles lesser known tracks michael jackson faq all that's left to know about the king of pop and i'm the co-editor along with our good friend ken womack of fandom and the beatles uh the act you've known for all these years and uh, i am so thrilled uh, it's been a while since all four of us have been here and uh thanks to some illness some conflicts just a perfect storm of stuff <laughs> so we are but we're all back in the house tonight and i'm just so so happy to be here with my friends starting with he is the co-host of the popular uh, podcast and video cast, the Paul McCartney centric Two Legs, uh, where uh, you will find uh, uh, shows on uh, all things McCartney from the Wings years, the solo years, um, and uh, they do uh, tape shows, live shows. There's a great show that's up right now where they, uh, it, where Tom interviews a fan right mm -hmm. after she went to Paul's opening night show. It's a great show. Do yeah. check it out. Uh, so say hello to Tom Hanyadi. Hey, Tom, how's it going? It's going great. I wish I was where you are. I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, we all can't be the queens. So, uh, but uh, hello and uh, Joe and Ken, it's good to see you guys again. And 
you know, thanks again to Mark and Chip for covering for, for Joe and Ken, but it's always good to have these two back. And uh, it's just like, it's like home again. You know, it's like the family is back together. You know? right. Tonight. Here, yeah. here, here. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, next up, he is the host of the very popular uh, YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. Uh, you will find him discussing uh, his adventures in vinyl collecting, his adventures at his local record store, where you'll find a great cast of characters. Uh, he does live chats, um, just a little bit of everything. And uh, we should also congratulate him. Uh, he is now an official officially a retired man so say hello to joe mayo hello joe hey hello kid hey the sun queen how are you <laughs> and hello to the two gentlemen that i love doing the show with too tom and ken who's not yet introduced but you know it's okay good to be here as always absolutely we're glad to have you back and last but definitely not least he, uh, here's a man that never gets any sleep, I don't think, because... <laughs> I look All right, get ready for the list, folks. <laughs> yeah. Here's the list, folks. He hosts right. the syndicated show, Every Little Thing, where he plays just that, every little thing from the solo and Beatles years organized around really uh, clever themes. He is the co-host of the very popular podcast, Things We Said Today, how popular do you ask? Well, just ask Peter Jackson, uh, <laughs> uh, who personally contacted them uh, to uh, to be on their show. Um, in addition, four hours, four hours, exactly. <laughs> in addition, uh, then to co-hosting this show, he even has his own YouTube channel, folks. Ken Michaels Radio, where. You never know who will turn up. Uh, he'll mm -hmm. interview authors, musicians, podcasters, video casters, and TikTokers. That's right. His latest uh, latest episode, he interviews uh, a Beatles TikToker. So, so as I said, the man who never gets any sleep, Ken Michaels. Hello, Ken. <laughs> Thank you, Kit. Hi uh, to Tom and to Joe. I love you back out there, Kit, because uh, for a moment I thought we were going to do another show on Don Trapo. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. We, have, we have to do a sequel. Right. I thought we were going to do a Billy Joel show for a minute, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Top 10 Billy Joel songs. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. There you go. Well, again, welcome, everybody. And uh, we are... Uh, you know, dying to know your your uh, John Lennon can't uh, the songs you can't live without. But first, uh, we want to get to the news. So, Ken, what have you got for us? Okay. Uh, first of all, we'll start with as you mentioned, uh, Kit Paul McCartney kicked off his Got Back tour in Spokane, Washington, last Thursday night. And actually, a few days before that, he went on Twitter and he asked his fans if there's any songs they could suggest that they'd like him to do in concert. Although he was sent lists of songs based on his first concert, his set list didn't vary all that much, but we're gonna talk a bit more about that at the end of this newscast. We'll all have our say about Paul's set list, okay? <laughs> um, also just released digitally is the new song from the Umoza Music Project, an African band from Malawi 
And Paul plays bass on their song called Home, which is the title track to their album, which is due out May the 27th. Paul recorded his bass during uh, lockdown, the worldwide lockdown at his home studio. The album features singers on the banks of Lake Malawi, collaborating with other musicians, many of which are from the UK. Really good song you should check out because it's on YouTube. Wonderful singers, these African singers, and you get to hear Paul play bass. It's mixed up pretty well. Hmm. In fact, there's even a moment there towards the end where he kind of has, yeah, he does have a bass solo. <laughs> How often does that happen? But right. check it out. Uh, the song yeah, I was going to say it is some of the, some of the, even I'd say some of the best bass playing he's he's done in 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 a long time. I mean, he's done some great bass playing recently. But wow, yeah. I mean the solo, um, and, and you know, and he's long as we know been been fascinated with African music and sure. uh, yeah, just incredible playing. So I agree. Check it out. Yeah, I'm glad this group reached out to him and asked him to contribute something. And so, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, during lockdown. This was something that he spent time doing. So it's, it's worth uh, listening to. Again, it's the Umoza, U-M-O-Z-A music project and the song Home. On April 23rd, Paul also posted a photo taken by Linda of him with George Harrison and George Martin for St. George's Day. And Paul wrote, for the Georges I have known and loved, have a great St. George's Day. Really nice of Paul to post that. Uh, with special thanks to one of our listeners, Nick Butler, we learned that many of the albums released on the Dark Horse label besides George are now available for streaming on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon. Um, and this means artists like Splinter, Jim Horn, Ravi Shankar, Attitudes, The Stair Steps, uh, Jiva, and Henry McCullough. A lot of stuff right there worth exploring, some with participation from George. Okay. Yeah. We'd love for it to come out physically, but for right now, and we don't know if it will ever come out physically, but at least they're putting it out digitally. And a reminder that Olivia Harrison's book of 20 poems for George called Came the Lightning will be out June 21st as a mass market item for $35 from Genesis Publications. There will also be a collector's copy version and a deluxe version as well, all of which are detailed on the publisher's website, which is genesispublications.com. That's genesis-publications.com. Also, um, lightning is not like thunder and lightning. You know, it's a little play on words. It's came the lightning. Mm. So uh, clever there with the title. Um, also, our listener, Greg Thurman, let us know that the May issue of Recording Magazine includes a nine-page article on Get Back the Documentary and the technical side of it. It's written by Mark Hornsby. I also found out just today that uh, the documentary, The Beatles and India, is coming out on both DVD and Blu-ray. The date for that is June 21st, but you can now pre-order it on Amazon. Also, you should check out on my other podcast, Things We Said Today, we did an interview a couple months ago with uh, Pete Compton, who is the co-director for that film. And you, Kit, you wrote an article about I the did. Beatles and yeah. on something else reviews, which uh, we yeah. should all take a look at and read. Absolutely. It's well worth seeing. I highly recommend it. 
Yeah. I mean the movie. Well, and the and the and the review. and the article. Yeah. And, and the, the article. Review. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> things you said today. Too. <laughs> um, also, with thanks to our colleague Ken Womack, we find out that there is a new book out called "The Rise and Fall of Father Lenin," all about John's great uncle William George Lenin, written by Philip Kirkland, and Ken Womack himself has written the forward for it. And it's now available to order on paperback and Kindle. And uh, also, Tom, everybody's sending me news here. Tom sent me the news about Willie Nelson, who has just released a new album called A Beautiful Time, in which he's covered the Beatle classic with a little help from my friends. You've already got it. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> this man is Tom's on the ball. always right? on it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it helps that I'm a huge Willie Nelson fan, too. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty good cover. Okay. I love Willie. I love everything yeah. he stands for. And the fact that yep. he's his age and he's still out there as active as ever. Um, mm -hmm. You might recall also that Willie just recently uh, covered All Things Must Pass, yep. which was on the album, The Willie Nelson Family, which came out last November. And going back to the tribute album to Paul McCartney, The Art of McCartney, yep. Willie covered <laughs> yesterday. Also, three weeks ago, we got to hear 20 seconds of a demo that Paul McCartney made of the song Attention, which he gave to Ringo for what was to be his Stop and Smell the Roses album. Paul and Linda appear on three songs on Ringo's album, and this demo was given to saxophonist Howie Casey to prepare him for the sessions. Howie submitted it for auction for Omega Auctions, and that auction actually took place already on April 26th. This demo was on a Maxell C60 cassette tape with handwritten labels. The back of the cassette lists, handwritten, the song's attention, Carl Perkins' song, Sure to Fall, which Paul recorded with Ringo for the album. And it also says Route 66 with Berry next to it, as in Chuck Berry. Chuck mm. covered the song, even though he didn't write it. The entire demo for attention runs at four minutes and two seconds, but what you can hear on YouTube still is uh 20 seconds of it all right and one last thing i wish i had more information on, about this but still no word on the forthcoming archival box set for some time in new york city and waiting to hear something the actual anniversary is in june so you would have thought yeah we'd have heard that, but... yeah. yeah that's not promising Right. Um, one one other thing too is I've noticed that uh, we were supposed to get the Ringo the Fourth um, record store day uh, this past record store day in April, and it looks like it was then moved to June. But then now looking at the June list, it looks like it's not there either. So I'm wondering now if it's going to be postponed to the um, to the good or not black. I mean the Black Friday oh, record right. store day. Yeah. So there are going to be three record store days this year. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's everything I got for now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ken. Always, always on the spot with, uh, with the latest. And uh, so now, before we get to our main topic, um, I'm sure all of you have seen all the discussions online uh, for the past few days um, about uh, Paul's opening night in Spokane, Washington for his Got Back tour. And I, I always, when I say it, I hear Sir Mix a lot in my head, but that's a whole different story. Um, and <laughs> come on. Um, and uh, 
we of course got loads of reports uh, from uh, people who were there. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Tom uh, did a great interview uh, with uh, Joan, um, who had seen Paul how many times? Over 60 times? It, that was her 68th time seeing Paul, and she's still going to see him another seven during this tour, I think. Damn. Wow. That is, that is amazing. So, um, so if you want to get you know, a, a first impression um, a kind of report. Uh, do, as I mentioned, check out um, uh, two likes. Um, but we do have, and I'm sure many of you have ha uh, seen the set list. So um, let's talk a little bit about that uh, now that we know what it is. So um, reactions. Um, so let's start, um, well, since I talked about two legs, let's start with you, Tom. What, what are your thoughts on the set list? Well, before I start, let's just get the one thing out of the way. We're all grateful he's still touring. We're yep. all thankful he's still with us. I mean, I think we can all agree that this means a lot to all of us, that we still have the, the option to see Paul McCartney live if we want to. I think that's a great thing. And, you know, we were talking before we went live about, you know, these, you know, kids still get the, you know, this, this, this opportunity to see him. And, and that's a great thing too. And however, honestly, this is a lazy set list. And I apologize if that pisses anybody off, but again, this is just, you know, I, I was going back to 2015. I think there was like 15 songs from 2015 are here in 2022. You know, I mean, it's, just, it's still the same thing over and over and over again. And I understand we've talked about this before. There's going to be half the audience has probably still never seen them. And you've got to you've got to give them those songs. And I get it. Trust me, I get it. I, one of the great things for me was seeing a family in 2019, seeing Paul for the first time and seeing their reaction. It was absolutely priceless. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. that being said, he's got a, another half of a fan base that wants to be, you know, happy as well. I mean, yes, we're happy. Okay. But, you know, when the show starts and, you know, we forget all the other, forget about the set list. We're just having a great time. But still in 2015, he did something that I wish he would just continue doing from every tour past. And do you remember what he did in 2015 that surprised everyone? A temporary Tempor secretary. Temporary secretary. Yeah. And this all I this would be the only thing that could would, would make me happy is just one song that you would not expect him to do, and that would take away all of my gripes. You know what I mean? In two thousand five, it was for me. It was too many people. Was one too, I didn't yeah, expect. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> if he could just, if he would just continue like doing that, just like one tour, just pop out a temporary secretary. That would take care of the hardcore fans. I want Guaranteed. to. <laughs> oh, well, see, there you go. Now we're, we're getting greedy. greedy. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> so But still, but still, listen, again, it's, it's, it's a, it, for me personally, it's, it's yeah. a lazy, it's a lazy set list. And, you know, songs like, you can't tell me that, you know, people want to see in spite of all the danger. I, and he's been doing that a lot lately. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 
I, I see people when he does my Valentine, I understand why it's there. I get it. But, you know, I see lines just like, you know, the last time I saw him twice, I did saw him do a live. I, I saw people, lines of people just leaving, beer you know, run. to go to the, to go to go to the bathroom or, or, or do a beer run, you know? So it's, it's frustrating a little bit being for the mis- benefit of Mr. Kite, you know, why is he still doing that? I, I can go on and on. I'm not, oh, cause I want you guys to get a, get an opportunity to, but it's, it's just frustrating um, to see a man that is going to cater to the, I, to my personally, he's catering to the Beatle people. And it's frustrating because 52 years of a solo career and you only, and then on top of that, you only do one song from McCartney three. Yeah. Uh, And, and just because I'm grateful, just because we're grateful, he's still here and he's still touring. That doesn't excuse him from being criticized or getting critical or, um, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Constructive criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Critique. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, Joe. What are what are your thoughts? Same thing. Uh, I was disappointed, especially after there was that Facebook a bit where I don't know if it was Paul himself or his people on the Paul McCartney page saying, "What would you like me to do?" You know, everybody. Oh, everybody had a whole host yeah. of things. Not that not that you realistically expect every person to get their wish or anything, but I thought you know maybe there's a small chance that this time he's going to be open doing some some different songs you know and it's the same old same old largely and disappointing and i made a video on my channel on me mr mayo talking about that and of course you know i don't expect everyone to agree with me some people agreed a lot of people agreed and people did not agree but then some of them you know they get personal well you know what kind of fan are you and uh you know, you should be just pretty damn happy that he's still here, as Tom was saying, and doing anything at all. And he he could do whatever he wants. Paul Paul doesn't have to answer anybody. He can do whatever he wants. I'm not I'm yeah. not arguing that Paul can do it whatever he wants. But I can also give my opinion, and that's all it is is my opinion on what I feel for me, for me. Although uh, personally, for me, I'm I'm reporting on my own feelings, and I I just was disappointed. Uh, and uh. Of course, the whole thing is that there's always new people that for the first time seeing them, young people, newbies, and older too that have I know some older people that haven't never gotten to see him or didn't take the plunge yet, so to speak. And they're gonna want to hear those key songs. So I I get it also, like Tom was saying. I, I get it. It it's a slippery slope. You have to kind of please everyone in a way. How do you do that? And I think as Tom was saying, you put one song in there or two. Uh, that's really what will knock your socks off. Put Cafe on the Left Bank in there. Uh, <laughs> open up the show with Getting Closer, Back to the Egg, or something like that. I'll be like, oh, this is fantastic. And I, I could forgive the rest of the repetition just just for that, you know? And uh, Tom already said I was going to bring up as well, wow, he only did uh, Women and Wives off McCartney 3, and that really shocked me more than anything. Because I thought he would do a couple. I, I thought at least Women and Wives, I figured, was a sure bet. Mm-hmm. I figured he would do maybe Lavatory Lil. Seems seems simple enough and a little bit more, you know, upbeat. You know, wouldn't bore people if they didn't know it. And uh, Find My Way. Especially that. Those yeah. three I thought we was going to do if I was a betting man. 
So, yeah, disappointed. But, yeah, hey, the fact that the man is still alive and wants to work and wants to please people, wants to get out there and entertain people, that's very important. I I don't ever take that for granted. I think that's fantastic. Just tell, telling you my opinion. That's all. No, and I and I think that's very true. I mean, you know, that of, of course we're we're grateful that he can still get out there and perform, and that's wonderful. I mean, he's almost eighty, for God's sake. May that's I, great. May, may I may I say something here? It's perfect time. This guy here, he's on. He's in our comments right now. One of yeah. the, one of the ones on my video, Dave Pounds, mm-hmm. and he says he's not doing songs for people like you four. Don't go to his show if you don't like the songs. People want to hear the hits you are sick of. See, there's no need for that kind of confrontational nonsense as far as I'm concerned. You know, there's no need for that. Uh, Yeah, because, yeah, and and I'm going to address that in my comments in a second, uh, too. But, uh, but Ken, why don't we hear from you? What what do you think? Well, I I certainly agree with both what Tom and Joe are saying. Uh, I'm really torn between the two sides of me where, and I I have said for years the same thing. This man doesn't have to do anything for the rest of his life. Hmm. He doesn't owe us a thing. He doesn't owe us concerts. He doesn't owe us new albums. You know, if he wanted to spend the rest of his life with Nancy, with his kids, with his grandkids, he deserves it. You know, the fact that he's spending any time at all no pun intended, any time at all with the fans <laughs> here, you know, life is precious. He's almost 80. Every single yeah. day that he spends on this planet is precious and he's spending it with us. And the mere fact that he wants to do this, that he genuinely enjoys performing, that alone is good enough for going. But for me, my only major complaint is that this guy is not just a beetle to me. He's one of the greatest artists and songwriters of all time. If all he ever had was his solo catalog, he has one of the greatest catalogs ever from any artist. And, you know, I don't go to see Paul McCartney to hear mainly a Beatles concert. You know, I want to hear a cross section of everything from all the decades. And I'm not saying you have to go deep into all of his albums and play album cuts that weren't hits. You could play hits that he's never done live before. And we've Hell talked about many times. Uh-huh. He's never done Take It Away. He's never uh-huh. done Hell and Wheels. Yeah. He's never done With a Little Luck, you know? And, and Joe, you mentioned getting closer. Obviously, I think about the UK tour of 1979 when he was doing songs from Back to the Egg, and then he got busted in Japan, and we never got <laughs> to see that tour in the United yeah. States. Wouldn't it be great if he pulled something out of Back to the Egg? Play Getting Closer. Play Arrow Through Me. You know, yes. anything. There's, he's got Uncle Albert Alma Halsey, a number one hit in the U.S. And he's never done that live ever in his career. You know, I've argued about The World Tonight, which I think would be a great live cut. You know, um, what can I say? I'm grateful that he does anything at this point. But if I had a catalog like Paul's, I'd be so proud of it and I would want to showcase it. Thank and you. it's it's going to be a crime when someday he's no longer with us and we don't have a lot of great songs that he's done that he's never done live before and never will. 
you know? And I get the fact, yes, he's got to do Let It Be, Hey Jude, those songs. Notice, once again, he's not doing Yesterday. Yeah, yeah that was a real surprise. He wasn't doing right before COVID. People were making mm. a point about that. It was a shock, you know? I mean, for a lot of people, that's a, a signature song for him. But, um, you know, I, I just think that he doesn't really either. He just wants to go out and have fun and enjoy himself and do this and entertain people. And he knows that everyone's going to love what he does. And that alone is enough for him. And he puts his ego aside and he doesn't say, well, I want you to know all these songs from my catalog that you may not know. <laughs> So some people admire him for that. In fact, I remember when Paul was in um, Rolling Stone with uh, the interview with Taylor Swift yeah. and Taylor was saying those very same words. She admires the fact that when he goes out and does a show, he does what he thinks the public wants, not what he wants. Mm-hmm. Me, I'd rather he do only what he wants. I would right. find that far more fascinating, you know? But I understand, and and yes, I've said this a number of times, and you touched on it, Tom. One of the great thrills for me in seeing McCartney live is to see somebody near you who's never seen him live, and to be so thrilled to hear these songs that that are part of our DNA. You know, to see people be in shock when he does Live and Let Die with the fireworks. He's been doing this since 1975, folks, with Live and Let Die. (laughs) You know, it's it's not, but so many people don't know that. Um, I have a next door neighbor just moved in recently, loves the Beatles, never saw any of them live. And it, I know it's shocking to think that there are people in this world who have never seen Paul or Ringo live or any of them, but there are millions of people that have never seen him live who are not going to complain about this set list. But if you know his catalog well, and you know there's so many, so many jewels in there that he's never touched on as yep. a, in concert, I think that's that's it's a tremendous crime. And I wonder what the percentage of audience we can't really tell, hundred percent. But what what's the percentage of audience that seen have seen him multiple times already and who are seeing him for the first time? Uh, Tom, I think you were saying you thought maybe like you were just saying fifty. Let's say it if it is fifty fifty. It might I mean, be seventy five percent. Maybe yeah. have seen him already. Yeah, right. I'm wondering. Maybe, who you know? knows? Exactly. Who knows? But, you know, it's still you're you're you know, you're pretty much ignoring, you know, decades of your career you know, yeah. just to please a certain percentage of fans that are there. You know, I know a lot of these kids, they love the Beatles and, you know, and they want to share that with their older family member. I, I, I get that. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, 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 excuse me. How about how about what do you what do you folks think of this? One really unusual song, like you said, a deep song or stuff that you wouldn't expect him to do every show. Like just yeah. do a different one every yeah. show. One song. What would be wrong with that? <laughs> That'd be cool. What would be wrong like with that know. at all? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You Can know. I one more thing. Yeah. Um, we're reacting to the first show. Right, right, right. Good point. Every show is going to be exactly the same. Because if you followed what he's done in the past, if you've ever seen two shows in a row, he might take one song out and put another song in. And he's done that. 
before. He has done that. They do it now. So maybe some of the suggestions that fans have sent to him, he might start sneaking in. And this could just be the first leg of the tour too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we don't know. Rolling Stones, yeah. The Rolling right. Stones have done a pretty cool thing over their a few past tours where they'll they'll put out like five songs to for people to pick for them to do live, you know? So if they give you five songs and whatever song gets the most picks, they'll do that one song live. So so I think that's like a pretty cool, uh, you know, idea that I would like to see maybe him incorporate into, you know, into um, his set list. Yeah, yeah, but they should be songs that he's never done live. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Do so, or, or, or has rarely done, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and before I, I make my comments, um, I see Richard mentions that he, you know, that Paul went, went, you know, including in spite of all the danger, isn't he appealing to hardcore fans then, you know, the first time he did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, I was very excited, you know, when, right. he, when he did that. Absolutely. Um, but how long has he been doing that now? Um, right. You know, he needs to retire it. I mean, you know, when he did do it the first time, yeah, I, I, I was very excited and I thought, hey, maybe this is going to be, you know, the maybe he's getting it, you know, that that maybe realizes he needs to throw us a bone, you know, and I and mm. I certainly didn't expect like as, as we've been talking, I was thinking about like I went to I've seen Bruce Springsteen one time and I'm a very casual very, very casual fan of Bruce Springsteen. And the time I saw him, he decided to pull out all his rarities. Now, his hardcore fans loved it, you know, and I was sitting there the whole night thinking, okay, could you just play something I recognize? And, and you know, when he finally did Hungry Heart, I'm like, okay, all right, now we're yeah. back on track. And so I was thinking about that because, yeah, you don't want to go too hard the other way because, right, right, yeah, there right. are going to be some people in the audience that only know the big hits, you know, right. so you don't want to alienate those people too, you know, yeah. because, yeah, I didn't have a great time at that Bruce concert. Sorry, sorry, folks, uh, Bruce fans but out you, there. But, you know, the, the problem with that, though, Kit, is, you know, people like Bruce and, and Dylan and Neil Young they can get away with that because mm -hmm. they weren't a Beatle. I mean, yeah. and that's to me what it really all comes down to. That's a good He's point. A, he was a Beatle, and yeah. it's the universally loved, and it's it's a it's a uh, a youth to an older person that 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 whole you know connection, you know. And I get it, you know, I do. Mm -hmm. Well, you could do and 50, think, 50 But 50, yeah, that's what 50 I'm saying. Beatles, fifty percent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, that that I, I understand that he, he feels he needs to, to balance it out. So I'm not suggesting that he just replace everything with obscurities, you know, no, not no, just no. we mm -hmm. in our in a perfect world in, in my my beach world here um, would love it if if he would go on a like a small tour, you know, small venues tour. Right. And and do all you know B sides and all. I mean that'd be fabulous, of course. Yeah, but it's um, not in his personality to do that either. I mean he, you know, he. I don't think he has the, the nerve to do it. To be honest with you, I think it's it's like he you know he doesn't want to. I don't know. Just I'm going to do what I want to do, 
and sod everybody else who do, they don't like it, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Paul wouldn't do that. Well, uh, in a way, I wish he would. <laughs> so, you know, kind of like what Ken was saying. Right. Um, I think everything in his life is a compromise here because, as you all know, he's a family man. He still loves recording. So he divides his time between that and touring. And if the number of shows that he's doing is not a lot, I mean, he's scaling it back each time, doing less and less, a significant amount, but less, he's not going to play small clubs. He's going to play right. very big venues. And the bigger the venue that you play, you got to play more songs that people know. You know, it would be another thing. He could get away with doing an all solo concert tour if he announces it that way. Yeah, so yeah. that the public would be prepared for it, and so you know, the fans who really love yeah. his solo right. career and really know it well, they know what to expect. Yeah, that right. way you won't get people who primarily want to hear Beatles, and then they'll right. be disappointed. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. One more. One last thing. Thirty-six songs. Twenty-two of them are Beatles songs, with one being a Quarrymen. So you got twenty-three Beatles and a Beatle-related track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see more fifty-fifty. You know, because I think yeah, at this all. stage of his career, you know, he can, he can do that. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to lean so heavily on the Beatles. Um, and and yeah, I mean, there were certain songs that I thought were kind of odd choices, too, from from the soldiers, like, you know, looking at Egypt Station. Uh, really, for you? I just thought, really, you know, that's that's I mean, yeah, you could point there, yeah. I mean, a few people mentioned, what about dominoes? I mean, you know, yeah. that, I mean, yeah. you know, that would have been great um, for McCartney three sliding. I mean, I think that would have sounded. Incredible yeah, that would really that's, that rocks. Yeah. I mean, that rocks. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm just there were certain choices like that that I thought were strange. Um, you know, as as you guys have mentioned, my Valentine, I, I understand why he wants to do it. It's for personal mm -hmm. reasons, but you know, as, as you said, Tom, it's often the beer run song and it's, it's, it's just, you know, well, you just feel like he's force feeding it to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and even with, even with the Beatles tunes though, you know, I mean, I was excited once upon a time. I mean, he was changing them up. I, th I don't know if he's done all of them. I don't, I don't think he's ever done what you're doing for example. Never. No, but I mean, when it's, he put in, when he put like I'll get you in there when he put in right. the before another girl. Oh yeah, right. know the Beatles songs. I I, I really love that. You know, mm -hmm. that's fine. You know, put it throw it in an obscure Beatles song too, and I'm, yes. I'm there. You know, exactly. I mean? Pull out pull out a lesser known one. And also, you know, uh maybe I'm amazed. I, I'd be okay I, not I, hearing I was that. Surprised. That was a big surprise. That was that a shock. That back in. Yep, because you wow. know, it just it just, you know, he, he doesn't have that range now. And, and that's, and that's fine. You know, I mean, everybody has that when you get older, your voice changes. So why not go with something else that, you know, and me, I get it. He wants to pay tribute to Linda. And I know everybody loves that song too, but he also wants to pay tribute to Linda. He could pick something else, you know, that, that could also honor Linda. Um, you know, I just think he needs to, you know, try i mean this would have been an opportunity for him to shake up the list a bit try some different things and i was just really surprised you know when i saw it that i well maybe semi surprised <laughs> let's let's face it and, and semi -surprised. That, one, yeah. one more thing 
I love the fact that in concert, he always does a tribute to John and he always does a tribute mm-hmm. to George, but it's always the same two same. songs. Right. There's a wealth of material there. I would love for Paul to just do a John song from the Beatle years that Paul never sang lead to as a mm-hmm. tribute, you know? Like when he did the medley of, right. um, of Help and Strawberry, Strawberry Fields Forever. Field. Yeah. Right. That was fantastic. You know, yeah. but he's been doing yeah. here today for a long time now. And I realize how important that song is to him. It's a very emotional song for him. I wish yeah. he'd do something else. Same thing with uh, something for George. Mm-hmm. Do another George song. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. thought he did a oh, great well, job with All Things Must Pass on the yes. concert yeah. for George. Yeah. Oh, that was do that not. was so emotional. That was beautiful. Right. And for you, Blue, that was really, really, really great to see that. And he and I and I'll also say I, I'm I presume when he tells the same stories too, mm. <laughs> a lot of times uh, when he talks, you know, between a lot of the songs. So yes, yeah, he that needs, gets to be the same, samey. I agree. Yeah, he needs to change that up. <clears throat> but you know, I I just want to say one more thing here that you know, people are saying you know that saying well you're not really fans if you're critiquing and everything. Oh, well, things, yeah. I you know I I'm seeing a from you know the comments I'm seeing where where people are making some really great suggestions here from what we're saying and from these comments I mean to me we are showing that we're true fans because you know look at all the the suggestions we're making and all I mean we all know our stuff here and and we're all saying you know these are what we'd love to hear and and this is what you know we think he'd sound great doing and everything so you know, we are fans and I think we're demonstrating what fans we are. And, right. you know, this isn't a case of, oh, you're not a fan if you just say everything is perfect. And, and you know, yeah. I mean, you know, you're all you're all showing it tonight. <laughs> yeah. what you're I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to suggest that he goes back to like the university tour days where if you know, you're only going to know <laughs> Long Tall Sally, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't heard Wildlife yet, you're not going to know any song that he does. You know, I'm yeah. not suggesting he does that. I mean, that would be awesome. But exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, nobody's suggesting, you know, that anything right. crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, on things we said today, our, our dream set list. Yeah. And I yeah. put together one, which was all songs that he's never done live before. And I knew fully well, that's all a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, nothing wrong with doing a few songs that you've never done live before. That's right. what keeps it right. interesting. And it's often and that, said it's the people that you're most critical of that shows that right. you care. Right. Yeah. And it's not yes. being a hater. It's not being a troll yeah. when you do those things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. So, yep. But we just felt we we had to talk about it because, boy, it's been talked about all. (laughs) Yeah, all all over the social media. But second show is tonight, actually. So we're going to get we're going to have another reaction tomorrow. We're going to go live tomorrow on the Two Legs page and and get the fan reaction for the second show. So looking forward to that. Fantastic. All right. Well, everybody, uh, tomorrow. uh, stay tuned head over to the to the two likes channel and we'll we'll check it out and see uh see what uh what the verdict is for uh for the next show so that's great all right well let's head uh head forward and go to our uh, main topic 
Um, so I know a lot of you out there, um, some of you have already posted some uh, on, on our Facebook page and on our YouTube page, uh, some of your choices. So I know you, you guys are raring to go on this. So these are um, your choices and our choices for uh, 10 John Lennon songs that you can't live without. Now these are solo songs. Um, we probably should do a, a Beatles one in the future, like John, the ones that he wrote for the Beatles. But tonight mm -hmm. it is solo. So these are the ones like your essential favorite uh, songs. Uh, we have not revealed uh, what we have picked to each other. So we are revealing them for the first time. And as always, we invite you to uh, share your picks in the comments. So, uh, so we're going to go around. We'll share like like five at a time, mm. and uh, and it'll be interesting to see if we have any in common. We we <laughs> just might. So uh, let's start uh, with you, Ken. What what are you, five of your selections? Okay. First of all, I must say to start that this was really difficult, even though it's <laughs> um, and even though it's a small catalog. It's such a solid catalog from John. Mm -hmm. There's so many songs that I love. Um, I had to pick my favorite solo Lennon song, which is Woman. I think it's mm -hmm. one of the greatest love songs of all time. I love the lyrics in it. The apologetic John, as mm -hmm. we've talked about here before on the show. The, the great melody in there, the harmonies, the background harmonies, everything mm -hmm. about it. So uh, Woman had to be in there. Another single, which is absolutely essential, is Instant Karma. I don't know how I could possibly go without having that song. It's such a great rock song. And you could say, just to be superfluous, John's vocals are great on all these songs, really. <laughs> it's such a great hook in Instant Karma, a great chorus. Um, everything about the recording, nice and raw. Love Alan White's drumming on it. Everything about it, really. Uh, Mind Games has to be in there. Um, one of the best of John's singles, definitely. Great song, great production behind it, kind of Phil Spector-ish. Um, you know, everything about it, I love the arrangement of that song. Um, I also had to put, um, as the years go on, I especially love Scared from mm. Walter Bridges. Uh, again, tremendous vocals from John. Um, especially when he's going in the high notes you do it so well 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 you know those vocals are absolutely amazing you know i love the werewolf sound at the very beginning of the song yes. the hearing is probably, yeah. it's, produced, it's produced so well really well, and i even well, love you know the the more bare bones version of that you know that was on men love avenue uh, yeah. for example sometimes when it's just john and piano and not much else it's just so powerful that way um speaking of powerful i had to put god in there yeah. i mean it's such an incredible song the statement that he's making there to uh you know to put down the idols and the icons of our time and to say i just believe in me yoko right. and me and that's reality and to say i don't believe in beatles the guts of the man to be able to say that how brave that was of him um and uh you know, everything about the Plastic Auto Band, which has been said so many times over the simplicity, the rawness of it. Ringo's drumming is outstanding uh, in the song, God. And the piano playing is just right, has kind of a gospel feel to it. Um, so those are five 
Five of my 10 right there. These are not in any order, although a woman has to be in the board. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing, you know, no matter how many times you hear God, it's, it's just still shocking, you know, right. when, he, when he gets to that part. Really, I don't right. believe in Beatles and the music drops out. I yeah. mean, even all these years later, there's still a part of you that goes, oh, you know, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just amazing. And, and it just still hits so hard and it's so honest. Hmm. You know, it, it just, it's yeah. just amazing. All these years later, it still stunts. What a brilliant move that was to stop the song right after Beatles. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. The other people that he admired so much, like Elvis Presley or Dylan, you know, and then Beatles, and then it starts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. Quite a punch. Yeah, mm. it is. It's a gut punch. Yeah. Really is. <laughs> All right. Okay, Joe. What? Uh, what are your uh, your picks? Well, I I don't have them in any order either, and I don't I do not have God on my list, even though I I love the song. I was kind of looking at it kind of as uh, if I was on this desert island, uh, you know, it's hard. Would I want to hear God as one of the 10 songs only, you know, I don't know about that. So I didn't put it, I didn't put it on there, but I, uh, again, the first one I have is instant karma, the single. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's a powerhouse, great production, bass, Klaus Vorman, drums, Alan White, um, I like how the whole history always, whenever I hear the song, I'm thinking how quickly it was recorded, written, recorded, conceived. Like, let's just get it in a day, you know, let's do the whole right. thing yep. in a day. You know, and and I, that, that kind of shows in it. I just, I just love the sound of it, too. It's a little gritty sounding, just enough of the distortion, but not too much. So, yeah, I think that's one of his best songs and also a great, a great single. You know, so that's uh, the first one. Then I have, and I, I, I for some reason, I, keep a straight face, kid, a poker face, because I think you're going to have this one on your list. We'll find out if you have this. Uh, Crippled Inside, I put on mine. Um, you know, John doing a little country, uh, twangy sound, Nick, you know, Nicky Hopkins, the piano. Um, you got George Harrison on the dobro. What I like about it is the, the message of the song, too. You know, it's so true. Uh, you know, there's people out there that uh, think they can just try to look like everything's all right all the time or whatever. But uh, if something's really bugging you and you got some heavy laundry, maybe it'll show in your eyes. You can't really hide when you're crippled inside. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, I, I, I like that. It's a little country-esque Lennon. You know, as close as you can get, maybe, you know. So <clears throat> then I went with the Mind Games song, Mind Games single. Uh, that could be, it's hard to think of a favorite solo John song for me, uh, but that's right up there. I, I like, I enjoy it better than Imagine these days, maybe because Imagine is kind of played out, a little fatigue in there. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't hear Mind Games, I don't maybe at all, uh, or nearly as much on radio stations uh and uh i don't know it's just something that is fresh to me you know at this at this point plus it'd I be a little weird singing all all imagine all the people when you're the only person on an island too you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Well, I guess you have to imagine it. I don't right. Know. Imagine, <laughs> there you go. Imagine there's other people. Imagine right. Period. He got well done, Joe. Yeah, well done, Joe. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was doing an interview uh, with uh, Rachel, the music ma'am, uh, the, the other day, and she brought up a point of something I'd always thought and I always liked. I love that cryptic ending as the song trails off. I want you to make love, not war. I know you mm-hmm. heard it before. <laughs> kind of a little tongue-in-cheek there at the end. Mm-hmm. I love that that fade-out on there, which, of course, that was the idea, the genesis of the song to begin with that John had when he was singing yep. Make Love, Not War. I know you heard it before. That was mainly what he had at first, right? Mm-hmm. I, but there's something about the sound of it. I don't even know. Uh, since I was a little kid and heard it on the radio and, and had the 45, I, I I don't know. It just sounds a little out of spacey, a little UFO-ish. Maybe it's because of the production on it. I just love the feel, the vibe I get out of Mind Games. So that's my third one. Uh, fourth one, I went with the song New York City. Um, it's uh, a rare, I guess you could say, rocker. It just pulls all the stops out for, for John. And uh, you got... Uh, as I always say, two solos, the way my ears hear them. You hear a guitar solo, uh, and then later on, we do a piano solo. We go Adam Apolito uh, from uh, The uh, Elephant's Memory going crazy on the, uh, on the keyboard. I think that's, that's great. And it's a storytelling song, too. <laughs> you know, about everything they were encountering, being in New York. And although I don't usually like the approach of trying to cram too much, into it. I like the way he's kind of trying to sing all those lyrics. Uh, I won't sing them, but you know, the lyrics are there on the cover of the album to read, trying to sing about, you know, the Plastic Owner, Elephant's Memory Band, you know, right. and trying to get all this stuff in. Uh, it, it's just a good time, rollicking good time. So, New York City. And uh, finally, at the top of the five that I have first, Steel and Glass, which I always. Hmm. Wow. Mentioned that is again a tip top Lennon song for me. It's a put down song. You know, he did How Do You Sleep where he was attacking Paul McCartney. Um, but, you know, that's more personal for us being that it's Paul, I would, I would say. But uh, Stealing Glass, you know, some people think it's Alan Klein, maybe, or it could be just anybody he's attacking uh, in it. And then later on, he kind of, I think he copped out a little bit on the old gray whistle test when he said, well, I, I'm really attacking myself, really, you know, I, you know, it's just, it's me, you know, because he was kind of trying to, you know, be fair and appease people. But I liked it. It's, it's a moody song, kind of moody, unpleasant. It's like a, a put down song in the vein of, say, uh, Bob Dylan, positively Fourth Street, you know, mm. that kind of thing. And I like, I like that. Uh, the horns... Hear it for the horn. Uh, I love that. It's as he called it. The song is like "Son of How Do You Sleep." Like he's Mm. doing it again, kind of rewriting it. Really, you know, Mm. he's rewriting it. Kind of. It's like a uh, "How Do You Sleep" light, (laughs) something like that. And I I love it. I love that song. It's my favorite song off Walls and Bridges, probably. Mm. So uh, yeah, that there was my five to start with. Mm. Mm. Yep. And, and I like your point about, uh, you know, New York City, uh, that frenetic kind of tone is I, I, you know, cramming in all the words because to me, it, yeah. it, you know, to me, it, it always like it, it just perfectly encapsulates that period 
of John and Yoko's life and kind of the the rhythm of New York. I mean, it's just, you know, you can picture just the mm. kind of insanity that was going on at that time. You know, all the people they were meeting in the, the political scene and, and, you know, I mean, I think that just perfectly captures that that time in their lives. You know, I mean, and I, I just, think I... I I think I also like that it was, you know, he's singing about New York, where, you know, mm. I was from New York and I've been in the city many times in the Greenwich Village. And I love when he just throws in down in the village, he says. <laughs> you know, I love that. Like, you know, I, I love that. He's Lennon, Lennon, a New Yorker, you know? Yeah. Uh, lo, yeah. You know, singing. And, and yeah, and thanks for bringing it up to make me think of it and just really paying tribute to the city that he loved. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, yeah, he, he nailed it. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Okay, Tom. How about All you? right. Well, again, in no particular order, um, I do not want to live in a world where I cannot hear George's opening guitar riff on "Oh My Love." Um, mm. I, for me, you know, this is just one of the all-time beautiful ballads from from anybody, you know, in any re in recording history. You know. This is just a magnificent song. We've, we've, we've talked about the song before. And, you know, I think, you know, John sings ballads just as well as he sings those, you know, gritty rock and roll songs like New York City. And uh, sometimes he doesn't get the, uh, the recognition for that as he should, because, you know, we want to see him as, you know, John, the rebellious rock and roller, you know. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, Oh My Love is there um you know i think of mind games and you think of that song mind games and you just think of that song mind and there's two other songs on mind games that use that word mind um in some lyrics there that i really really like and if we would have done this song five years ago ten years ago this song would not have been on the list this is how much i've really come to love this song and it's i know i know and i just really love the but i could never speak my mind but i could never read your mind and as we share each other's minds i really just like the, the, that combination you know where it's it's me it's you and then it's us i i just really you know dig that uh, aspect of, of that song and plus you know Dave Spinoza's work on that is wonderful and, and you know Lennon's a, a knockout on that and then of course I, I mean I, I, I've talked about Out the Blue hundreds of times on the show and again I love the you know Two Minds One Destiny you know part of that song and I love it you know the, the story of it it's almost again like a continuation uh, you know of the Battle of John and Yoko in a way I mean just telling the story of them you know, which, you know, again, it's just a part of his songs that I really like when he really just, you know, talks about him and, and, and Yoko. Um, so that's three. Um, number nine, Dream. That's like a song where it's like a take you away song for me. You, you know, you're like, you can grab your like your music, your headphones, go lie down in a field somewhere. You put that song on and it just it like just takes you away to another place in time. I mean, that's what, at least what it does for me, you know, it's, just, I just love the dreamlike aspect of it and lyrically and, you know, Jesse at Davies just does, uh, you know, a masterful, you know, guitar work on, on that. <clears throat> um, so that's four. Um, and then the other one, for for this round is um watching the wheels which mm. you know I, is a song that's really i've always enjoyed it 
but I'm enjoying it more and more and more. And, and for one reason, and it's for the line, I just had to let it go because we could all learn from that statement. You know, I, I'm, I, can be, I can hold grudges and I can hold grudges with the best of them. And there's times where I need to be reminded of stuff like that. You know, that's the kind of lessons we can learn, you know, from, from John, you know, speaking the truth, not only about other people, but about yourself as well. And that's just what I get, you know, from that song, just, you know, letting go of the past and especially with that line. So that's, you know, the aspect of that song that I really have come to love. So that's my top five. Well, I got to change mine. I'm going to change mine. Uh, <laughs> and always, that's, that shows you when it's a good explanation. When people do that, you say, I get it. That's true. I mean, I love all the songs you had, had Tom, and, and right. uh, you had, Ken, that I didn't have so far. But, you know, you can only, you can only have 10, right? So, right. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I know. But it's tough. Said, we could do this a year from now and have a different. Right. It'd be oh, yep. completely yep. different. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it is true that different songs, you know, you may not have really, you know, fully understood when, right. when you first heard them. And right. then, you know, 20. One day it hits you. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. just like, oh, I get it now. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really true. It's really true. Yeah. Great picks. All right. My first five. Um, so uh, from Plastic Ono Band, um, Isolation. I've always mm-hmm. loved the song. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, John just, just, you know, like so many songs for Plastic Ono Band, he's, he's just bearing his soul. Um, right. And, you know, and who hasn't felt that way at, at times, you know, feeling isolated, like, you know, you're not understood, and, you know, me against the world kind of, and, and uh, the piano on this is beautiful. I believe Julian Lennon, many years ago said this was one of his favorites of uh of john's i think he said it in a radio interview um mm. and uh and it's uh you know i i can't argue with them it's it's just um absolutely stunning um the rest of my my five are are from imagine because this album just means uh, a great deal to me it's probably the first album where i really got into uh john's music um so uh crippled inside <laughs> yeah, yeah. you were correct joe i know you um, like that one yeah. <laughs> i love crippled inside as you said it's got that country twang but the the lyrics just i i think just just cut through it's it's so true you know i mean you just do you know one thing you can you know you can you can have as much money as you want you can hide you know you can you can, uh, you know, hide through, uh, you know, wearing fancy clothes or whatever. But, you know, one thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. You can't, you know, you can't hide your true self, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, your pain or whatever it is. Um, I just, you know, it's just one of those songs that that, that just the, the lyrics just cut through. Uh, mm-hmm. Great, you know, and even though, I mean, it delivers this serious message, but yet the, the song is kind of jaunty. You know, I mean, it's you know, it has this almost, yeah. you know, cheerful, you know, uh, but uh, but it's you know, but it's quite serious. Um, so it's got that really interesting juxtaposition. Um, the my opinion, 
one of the best diss songs of all time, How Do You Sleep? <laughs> I mean, yes, I get it. I know it's about Paul, but come on, the lyrics are, are just so clever. And it's one of John's best vocal performances. I mean, that, you know, when he sings that, oh, how do you sleep? I mean, it's just that snarl he gets in his voice. Wow. Got some great guitar work from George. Um, the, the strings on it. I mean, it is just perfectly arranged and, and produced. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're going to do a diss track, do it right. And, and this, <laughs> this is, <laughs> That's I well mean, said. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And I mean, I, I think probably maybe years later, even Paul had to say, that's a, that's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> it may be about me, but that's a good song. Now, wouldn't that um, be funny if he did that for the tribute to John and the yes. shows? <laughs> oh, that that, oh, man, how funny would that be? Nobody, that would be so cool. Well, I w- I'm going to get my ticket right now if he does that. Like, that front would be row. Right. major headline around the world. Right, <laughs> yes. I remember John said somewhere, well, one of the things that that I didn't like is there's so much talk about Paul being in a song that they missed it. It was a good track. You know, right. It was a good track. Yeah. Ball, the it is. Stuff. And then Yoko actually says, so it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of his best. I mean, I hate right. to say it, but it's, I mean, it really is. Uh, give me some truth. I, I just, I, that is just, I think another one of his finest vocal performances great lyrics um you know just just a you know virtuoso performance of you know some tongue twisters in there uh just a passionate you know angry and uh and sadly it's relevant no matter today, what decade yeah. even today i mean it's mm-hmm. just it's scary you know he may refer to nixon in it but I mean, you can apply it to virtually any time, and mm. uh, and again, it's just a just a, a great performance, and one that's a little out of left field. But I've always loved. I don't want to be a soldier. Wow. From day wow. one, I I've just I've always loved it. I I think I like the jazz aspect of it. It kind of has mm. that little jazz freeform kind of you right. Know, Funny. Band jam to it i think that might be what i respond to i really enjoy the song nowadays kit i really do Mm -hmm. but it took me a a while yeah yeah i think it is because it's you know it it might be hard to get next to because it's got that loose quality to it it's you know but i think that's what i like about it and and the lyrics uh the lyrics are just kind of poetry you know like a like he's just almost sounding like he's you know singing off the top of his head it's just very different from him and i and i always liked it you know because it's just something different from what he's done before yeah so so just a just a little one out left field there but i've always liked it nice nice <laughs> i was gonna say for most of my life i don't want to be a soul it was one of the few songs that and angela I didn't mm. really care for, and now I love both those songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I love—I don't want to be a soldier for the very reason you said, because it's so free form and it's yeah. so different yeah. from all, everything else that John had released. And mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting if you listen to all the different versions that existed. Right. Yeah. He went through a lot of different arrangements of it. Right. So at some point, he had to settle right. on this. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, and I think that's why I think that's why I've come to appreciate it more myself, Ken, because like you said, I mean, when you get that Imagine box set, you know, and you listen to all the different versions that are on that set, you you appreciate, hmm. you know, all the effort that was put into that song to get it to where he was finally happy with it, you know. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. Hey, Paulina, Paulina, I wonder if uh, Paulina's watching. I wonder if John would have wrote, if he was alive today, if he would have rewritten the song today. Could be. Mm -hmm. Should be. You never know. And oh, <laughs> oh, there are other fans of uh, Soldier out there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. People are like I want. I don't want to be with Mark. Yeah. There yep. you go. Yeah. So thank you. All right. Okay. So let's go to our last five. Uh, so uh, Tom, we'll we'll reverse the order here. So Tom, okay. For your last five. Well, um, we'll start with. Um, a song that you could, I don't know, maybe put any in any time in history. And uh, I, I just like the chorus. I love Nobody Told Me, you know, Strange Days Indeed. I mean, this is a, a song that, that I use that line a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody told me there would be days like these. And man, have I had a lot of those days, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, over, over the last, you know, 30 plus years of my working life. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just uh, a, a fun song. I love the, 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 uh, the back and forth. You know, I feel like if I had this song on a deserted island and I was the only one there, it'd be, I would be feel like I would be you know, myself and my mind talking to each other, you know, because, you know, you stuff like, you know, you know, everybody's talking and no one says a word. So I like the back and forth of, of the, you know, the, the verses on that one. So I've always enjoyed that. Um, you know, on a more serious note, Isolation, a beautiful song. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about the track before and uh, just a very powerful song. You know, I don't expect you to understand after you cause me so much pain. You know, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff going on uh, in that in that track, very personal. And um, for some reason, I, I really got into that song at, at a young age you know I mean I would, wouldn't really think that at like 15 16 years old I would really you know like that song it's so er so early but man I've loved it for a long time um you know look at me uh again another one yeah, uh, you know who am yeah. I supposed to I love the questions he's asking you know himself or his partner or society you know um, any ways you can look at at the, at that song um really love look at me um great musically um i love the playing on that um and his vocals again you know he sings that beautifully yeah. um you know ken you had this one uh god i think you have to have it no matter i mean i know joe i think you said you weren't you were going to add this to your list but i think it's important enough uh to to have this on a, on a top 10 john list um i kind of sometimes feel island, like though, it's, I don't want it. yeah well that's, <laughs> that's a lot of different yeah, fine. criteria yeah right exactly but i i kind of feel like it's, at times i feel like this is his like his solo a day in the life in a way because you know kind of opens with the piano i mean i love the build up of you know his vocals of i don't believe i don't believe you know kind of like you know the build up in a day in the life and i just love the you know the then the you know 
I just believe in me, Yoko and me. I mean, it, it's it, again, it's 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 a very powerful, moving song that's played beautifully. You know, I think you touched on Ringo, uh, Ken, uh, when you talked about that, especially in the fills when he's singing. Sure. I don't believe in Zinnemann, You know, and you know, just the the, the fills he gets in with such a short amount of time is is yeah. simply amazing. You know, you got to give mad really? respect to Ringo for that song alone. Really, you know. Um, and then I, I, I put this one first because I think this might have been the first John, solo John Lennon song I fell in love with, um, and that's the song How. And it's, um, yeah. I think it was mainly because of the Imagine John Lennon movie and, and the soundtrack. But uh, I love you know, his singing. I love the orchestration through that and uh, very moving and very beautiful. And again, it's just one of those songs that I would just listen to, you know, with the headphones on, you know, while I was alone, you know, and just, you know, thinking about it. What, you know, what does this mean to me? Why am I digging the song at 14, 15 years old? You know, what is it saying to me, you know, right now, you know, and, and how I felt about it you know, over times and how it changes your, your perspective of it changes as you get older, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, you, you relook at those lyrics now and, you know, and it, again, the perspective changes over the years. And um, yeah, it's for some reason, this was like that song was the first Lennon, solo Lennon song I fell in love with. Yeah. You know, Tom, I discovered a lot of those songs around the age of 15 myself. And right. I, he spoke to me, you know, being in uh, mm. high school and you know right. your friends and maybe feeling isolated at times or mm -hmm. wondering mm -hmm. uh you know how could you you know uh, how can you go forward when you don't know which way you're facing right and all that right. kind of stuff i yeah. identified with that even as a you know a younger person you know mm -hmm. some but i know what you mean uh, certain songs yeah definitely as you grow older some songs take more uh, they take on a new meaning resonance yeah. you know yeah yeah. They really do. And then, yeah, there are others that you look back and you're like, how did I latch onto this at such a young right. age? Like, yeah, I, I know what you yeah. mean. Like, what crippled inside? Is I, right. I mean, that was one song yeah. that I really liked from a young age. I'm like, how did I, how did I, <laughs> like, why did I resonate? How did I resonate with that? I mean, it was, yeah, right. it's real. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery. So, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All, all good picks, Tom. I Thank can't you. argue with you. But yeah keep thinking man i have, i think i have to come up with another 10 all right yeah so, <laughs> all right joe how about uh, how about you what are your next five i mean a lot of those songs before i do that i mean in, in my runners up i have stuff like how I, and know my love you know they, yeah look at me uh, you're speaking for me tom and a lot of yeah. but uh, the five that i put down at this moment anyway uh right now <laughs> anyway next i put in there woman which hmm. I know Ken mentioned woman. And that's a song too, that I don't think uh, at the time when double fantasy came out, I was just 18. I mean, I just don't think, I think a lot of double fantasy spoke to me as an older person, yeah. as I got older, hmm. much more than when I was, uh, you know, I think younger. And John always said that you know, he's pretty much speaking to people in his age group, you know, yeah. people like right. around 40 or so. Like, like himself, but he hopes the kids would dig it as well, but he's really mm -hmm. speaking to his age group. And anyway, Woman, you know, beautiful love song to Yoko, but what I love about it is that it's also a tribute to women in general, all women. It's the woman for all women, you know? And he, she said it, and it comes across in there with that opening quote that he does. 
for the other half of the sky and all that kind of kind of thing that we that he got that book. And uh, it shows again the feminist side of John. You know, I think it's a kind of a growth. A lot of people mm-hmm. uh, they like to say, "Oh, John, you know, he was getting to be uh, I don't know what you call it, like henpecked or whatever or controlled or whatever." But I think it's a growth thing. He started to not be that loudmouth punk that didn't respect women when he was. Uh, a kid, you know, he grew he grew up some, you know, and uh, that's an example of it again. So I like that about the song. It's just as, but it's just a beautiful ballad anyway. You know, it's got great lyrics, a great uh, way to profess your love, and uh, just an all all out feel good uh, Beatle like ballad in a way. He used to call it the Beatle track when he was doing it. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let me flip my page here, if I may. <laughs> all right. I also have, it's funny, we're all taking songs that are different in a way. Like yeah. I picked, a lot of Plastic Ono Band songs were mentioned. And uh, I picked Hold On, which I've always mm. liked. Mm. You know, it's a short song. It just comes and goes, really. It's pretty quick. But I, I've always loved the, the soothing feeling about it. It's optimistic. You know, mm-hmm. John's not optimistic that often on that album. But he does, he has a good outlook on that, you know. Hold on, it's going to be all right, you know that kind of thing. And I sometimes you have to tell yourself that when you're in your doldrums, that uh, you know it's a feel-good thing, makes you feel like there's hope. And uh, I just love the whole feel of that song. And then next, I have a song I've mentioned a few times from the Mind Games album, um, and I want to pronounce it right. I assume it's sen. I assume it's sen, which means I'm sorry in Japanese. I love that track. Um, what can I say? When I listen to it, it's painful, but you can feel the guilt that John's experiencing, and he's apologizing again, having hurt Yoko. <laughs> A steady theme. Again. <laughs> yeah, I think, we, I, I think it's deja vu. Every time I say that, right. I think yeah, if it produces great music, again. who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You yeah. can apologize yeah. all at once. If only yeah. Paul could be that honest, I would love it. Right. But yeah. anyway, uh, and a stinging guitar from I hope it's, it's, I think David Spinoza plays that lead solo in there. There's um, there's another guitarist I think in there, and I forget the the name. The lead guitarist is, I, is David Spinoza because uh, I love yeah, you know that whole guitar bit that takes up much of the end. Oh, mm-hmm. it, it just it just really moves me. It's it just a real intense song, and I, I really love that song. Hmm. Then for some fun, I went for another Mind Games track, Tight As. Yeah. It's just a kind of a rocking, rocking reggae nonsense song, sexual innuendo, drug innuendo in there, and, you know, just a, a goof. Again, you know, David Spinoza <laughs> doing a guitar work on there, and there's a an outtake of it that I, I've heard where there's more Spinoza in there that okay. wasn't used. It was, it was taken out of the final mix. But uh, Tight is always a good r- rollicking track. And last, I have uh, Give Me Some Truth, mm. uh, which, of course, Kit, you've already explained so well about that. <laughs> Angry Lennon, you know, he's fed up, screaming at the top of his lungs. Great vocal performance from John, fed up with the political garbage of phony politicians and i think you know uh, politics in general regardless of choosing sides it could be such a stupid game 
and you know, back and forth, two different, always opposing each other. It's just a lot of garbage. And I really love hearing that song. Uh, yeah. And he just really nails it, I think. You know, I, so. I, I, I still get like this, this weird feeling when, when I do watch that segment of, of the Get Back and you know, you see the caption, yeah. the song that, that John and Paul had been working on, you know, yeah. and it's giving me some truth. You yeah, know, it, yeah. it, it, you know, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, what could have been? Hey, Paul, Paul, I think Paul wrote something, Don't Let Me Down. You know, yeah. You know, well, I don't know. Well, you John, know. John did admit that Paul helped him write, Give Me Some Truth. And right. Paul didn't remember that. No. Really? Oh. Yeah, that's what Peter Jackson said to us. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't remember that part. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Ken. Now I think I I think I can guess one of yours, but I'll see if I'm right. <laughs> so well, listening to your choices makes me think that you know I could redo this in a heartbeat. I know, yeah. me too. Right? You know, <laughs> Absolutely. You mentioned as, and it reminded me how much as a rocker I love Meat City, well, and that's yeah. not on. Yeah. You know, yeah. I could easily yeah. put Meat City, in. but um, I had to put out the blue in there. Was that the one? Yes, I was, I was right. <laughs> You know, it's a funny thing. When we think of John, uh, so many of us think of him for his lyrics, but sometimes you can love a song just for a melody and the whole mm -hmm. arrangement and John's vocals alone could sell me just on that. And like, I think um, you were talking about Crippled Inside, Tom, and you know how you got the song so early on. I love the song just for how catchy it was. Later on, you listen to the lyrics and it's like, yeah, I understand what you're saying here. So there's so many aspects of a song where you can love it for different reasons and then you can find something else to love about it right and so in the case of out the blue i always loved it first for the melody and for john's vocals and then you read the lyrics out the blue you came to me and blew away right. like misery wow just that alone it was like everything else before you didn't matter that much here you are <laughs> this is what mattered right. um you know some of the lyrics in there are just so fantastic all my life has been a, a long, slow knife. I was born just to get to you. Yeah. You know, um, anyway, I survived long enough to make you my wife right. and uh, yeah. two minds, one destiny. I yeah. love that line in Out the yeah. Blue. And I'm glad that it's a song that it's, that's gotten more recognition through the years. Mm. Um, really is a great love song. Uh, should yep. never be overlooked in John's uh, catalog. The other one is I Know I Know from my <laughs> I hear a lot. I've always loved the song. It reminds me, it's, it is very beatly, much the same way that woman is melodically and the harmonies and everything. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, for all the reasons Tom was talking about with uh, I Know I Know, I love that song. Always have. Um, Girl Old With Me has to be in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about simple lyrics, simple lyrics that say a lot old along with me the best is yet to be inspired of course by the brownings um the married couple there and and um i used it as one of my wedding songs <laughs> you know uh face the setting sun when the day is done god bless our love god bless our love simple words that pack a lot of punch and you know they did say that it is like a wedding song and would love for it to be a wedding song and i hope more people do get to use it for that it's just a beautiful song, great melody, love John's vocals. I know I say it all the time, but that's a major selling point in John's recordings. 
one of the greatest singers ever, one of the greatest rock voices ever. Um, <laughs> you know, mentioning Nobody Told Me, I'd love that song to death, but for several years now, I've really been digging I Don't Want to Face It. What a mm. great <laughs> yeah. that is. And I, got some I love in the the comments. there and the lyrics, kind of like Nobody Told Me has so many great lyrics in it, but right. it'll save humanity, but it's people that you just can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> From John and uh, great bass playing in that song. It's so edgy. Um, I just love it. Um, and it's, it's, it could have gone on a few minutes longer and it's kind of short, but that makes me want to hear it more and more and more. Mm. I love yeah. I Don't Want to Face It. Um, and I also thought Nobody Loves You When You're Down and Out is a mm. tremendous song. It's a great oh, it album closer, although Yaya was after that, but that doesn't really count to me. But um, <laughs> yeah, incredible melody there. Again, John's vocals. He envisioned Frank Sinatra singing that kind of song. I could, I could see John singing it, walking away in the distance somewhere, like on the beach or something. Um, very depressing song. Nobody loves you when you're down and out. Uh -huh. Nobody sees you um, when you're on cloud nine. Everybody's hustling for a, duck, a buck and a dime. I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. Or um, what was it? I'll knife. Everybody loves you. Six foot you six you know? foot in the ground. Yeah. That would wow. make a. I, I'm curious to know if any country artist has done that song because that screams a, a country song to me. You know, Frank, in Frank a way. Sinatra. No, you know, like, you know, like a Whalen Jennings or a Chris Christopherson or even Johnny Cash, I can see singing that song. Yeah, that could work. Also as yeah. a blues version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, True. right. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. It's really powerful. Love the whole arrangement of it with the horns, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Good picks. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That almost made my list, too. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to come with another 10. <laughs> <laughs> For years, I've been pointing out how much I love how more than I ever have before. Yeah. Again, there's there's a really unique gift to be able to give very simple lines that say so much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how can I go forward when I don't know which way I'm facing? How can I give love when I don't know what it is I'm giving? Yeah, that's really close well, Really, one lines. of his best lyrics. Right. That's one of right. his best. Yeah. Um, okay, well, as, as for me, I've got a couple of walls and bridges here. We've been visiting mm. walls and bridges quite a bit tonight. Um, so I've uh, got What You Got, which mm. um, I've always liked. First of all, it's, just a gr it's a great rocker. I mean, there's just some nasty guitar in this. But yeah. also, um, you know, I mean, you, it, you really have to, you know, listen because on the surface, it's, it's a great rocker. And, you know, but when you, of course, it's yet another one of John's songs where you listen and, you know, beneath the surface, of course, you know, he's in a great deal of pain. I mean, you know, because when he sings, oh, it's Saturday night, right. and I just got to live it up and rip it up. Mm. And, you know, but then, of course, he's really miserable, you know, that that he's, uh, you know, he wants to, you know, clearly come home you know that mm -hmm. that partying is great for a while but, but it's you know but right. it's it's pretty empty and so uh you know you don't know what you got until you lose it um and uh so i i just think it's such a you know it's a deceptively simple 
song and, and he shreds ways. the vocally he shreds on that too yeah he you does know, so, baby 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 give me one more chance yeah, yeah exactly yeah because yeah, that's the thing because i mean you know on the one hand you'd be like oh man this is just a great yeah. rocker and that nasty guitar yeah. and you know wow the day right. shreds but then yeah then when you listen to the lyrics you know it's it's a lot deeper than that so i've always liked that track i've talked about this track many times bless you I, I that's I, I just always love that, um, you know, such a such a beautiful ballad and, and you know, really shows another side of, of John in terms of his vocals. And and uh, also, you know, I just thought, wow, how big of him to, you know, not only say in terms of Yoko, you know, bless you wherever you are. And, and but to even say, you know, and if you're with someone else you know, bless, bless yeah. him, mm-hmm. you know. And treat her, what does it be, kind-hearted? Yeah. Be warm and kind-hearted, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I mean, that's holding, pretty. Holding her now. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, not angry. Um, you know, I it's just, uh, I mean, amazingly mature. And, and uh, you know, and it's just a, a beautiful song. Love the chord changes. Um, just mm-hmm. some uh, really uh, nice, nice uh sort of jazzy yeah. uh, chord changes in there i've always loved that uh moving on to double fantasy watching the wheels um mm. you know i and this is one of those songs kind of like you were saying tom that's grown in meaning for me i mean mm. i loved it from the moment i you know really heard it because of the i love the piano i mean that that right. piano is, is just i mean just powers the song yeah. it's, it's just wonderful mm. but yeah as you grow older you know, you're just kind of like, oh, I get it. No, I right. get it now. Um, you know, that that uh, the lines, you know, saying people think I'm crazy, dreaming crazy. my life away. And, you know, I, and, uh, you know, no longer riding on the merry-go-round, you know, wow. saying I've, I'm, I'm going to, you know, step away. And, um, you know, and that line, as you said, I just have to let it go. And that can mean so many things. Right. You know, what, right. as you said, letting go of past hurt, letting go of anger, letting go of, of your, in his case, you know, of his previous wild life and, life, and moving right. on to parenthood. And, and, you know, there are just so many ways you can interpret it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so absolutely, I think that has some of the, you know, some wonderful lines in there. Um, also from Double Fantasy, I'm losing you. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I love I'm Losing You. Great vocals from him. Um, And, you know, you really hear, you know, in this case, you know, instead of we've talked about uh, John apologizing, um, (laughs) John saying, I want you back. You know, in this case, he's saying, you know, do I still have to carry that cross? You know, (laughs) what do I have to do? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a different side of him you know, kind of yeah, saying, you know, stop the bleeding now, you know, I, right. I mean, I just thought lines in this are just great. And I love the cheap trick version too, by the way, mm. I, I, I've loved that. I mean, that's so uh, just such a hard rock kind of sound. So I, I don't know which I like better. I mean, because I've always loved that cheap trick, you know, harder sound. Um, it's hard to, hard to, uh, hard to call. And finally, Nobody told me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you, Tom, I have I have quoted this song so many times. 
right. mean I, I was thinking about it the other day i mean it's it's just so you know kind of delightfully absurd um mm. and uh you know i can see why i mean didn't john originally intend this for ringo i, I think he did didn't he? He, he says he, that uh, one of the outtake one of the sessions yeah maybe ringo yeah, yeah maybe, maybe right. and i could kind of see that although right. i don't i i can't picture ringo actually doing it but i can see because of the kind of absurd as i said these delightfully abs right. absurd kind of lyrics but um but yeah i mean in the way john sings that strange days indeed you know right. i mean it's it's just <laughs> wonderful i've i even when i heard it as a kid you know in, what, 1984 i i just uh, loved it you know, mm. from day one, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it sounded so unlike, so different, so out, out, out there. Mm -hmm. uh, because all it wasn't, it wasn't completed. You know, those songs weren't finished songs. Exactly. It, it sounded a little like it was, you know, not not finished. But it, yeah, it was just, it just was weird. It was a kind of goof, goofy song to me. I mean, mm -hmm. in a positive way, I enjoyed it. It was yep. a goof in a way. You know? Yeah, exactly, and and just uh, just sort of philosophical in a in a whimsical way. I've just always loved it, and yeah, so quotable. Wow. <laughs> it really it's is. Whole idea, yeah. Whether it was for Ringo, maybe initially it was, but then mm -hmm. why would John go through the trouble of rehearsing rehearsing it with the full band mm -hmm. in the studio? Right. True. Yeah. He wasn't depending yeah. on putting it out himself. But um, yeah, that's anyway, true. when he first came out, there was a part of me that felt disappointed because the songs felt unfinished. And yeah. certainly with Forgive Me, that song sounds like it could have they could have worked on it more and developed the song more. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the three songs, the first three Lennon songs, I'm so used to them now the way it is. Yeah. That they yeah. used down kind of finished. Yeah. Exactly. And I like Borrow Time, too. Yeah, I was oh, going to yeah. mention that now. Yeah, yeah. Borrow Time. That was a good, a good one, one. too, which is kind of, you know, it's sad oh, too to yeah. listen to, but it's a great song. We mm. we did good. Um, no song, nobody picked a song more than twice. So um, we wow. did. Good. And nobody, I mean, there was nobody picked Imagine. You know, yeah, and someone else mentioned that, that in yeah. the comments. Yeah, none of us <laughs> right. picked Imagine. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I loved so, Imagine when I first heard it. I love. Yep. It. I'm just a little really fatigued on it. Well, mm. that's the thing. Like for me, it was, you know, songs that, you know, some of them ha had fatigue factor for me and, and I'm in, in no way putting down Imagine, but I, yeah, I, I just, it's, yeah, has fatigue factor for me. It's fatigue for me. Yeah, exactly. But that's the tough thing. There are certain songs, like if I had to do a top 10 of McCartney and I mm. love, maybe I'm amazed, but yet I could be tired of it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> put it in there. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. depends and on the criteria. If it's you, what's his best songs, you know, you, you put it on. What songs yeah. you right now are you like really, really like now the best? Feel the best? Maybe different list. Be as inclined right. Right. Yep. Yep. Ask us next week, and we could give different answers. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, these are these are the ones that that has. But actually, some of these I think, you know, we've kind of known for a long time that that yes these are favorites i mean some yeah. of them yeah cited yeah, we like we love right. since childhood and, teenagers right. all that plus we were plus don't forget with john we were robbed yeah, yeah that's true we don't have yeah. a, 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 as much as we should really yep exactly yeah that, that's that's the thing i mean wish uh wish we could have heard you know much much more 
but uh, yeah. but at least we have a, a you know it maybe not as big a catalog as we would have liked, but you know a, a stunning one that, mm -hmm. that we do have. So, it gives uh, us more of a chance to cherish it. Yeah. Yep, indeed, absolutely. Which we but, all do. So. Yeah, we sure do. Yep. So, uh, and uh, really have enjoyed uh, reading all of your comments out there and uh, had some uh, great, um, great uh, responses and, uh, um, and uh, some great, oh, uh, Paulina said, yeah, surprise, borrowed time wasn't chosen. That, that was a runner up for, for hmm. me but yeah that, that, yeah there's so many runner-ups there were so many mm -hmm. runner-ups i mean it was it was it was tough it was mm -hmm. it was really tough i had working right. class hero on here as one i had yeah yeah you know, i mean that's it that's i had happy christmas on here as one actually but that's yeah, a holiday yeah. song so i said oh, okay i'll skip mm -hmm. that but uh but uh but yeah you guys have had a lot of great uh, great list yourselves and and i mean there are just so many uh wonderful wonderful songs to choose from but uh, thank <coughs> you for for sharing uh, all of your favorites as well and of course keep the conversation going let us know uh what your choices are uh, oh yeah uh, uh, marcus it was beautiful boy chosen no 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 yeah that's true no. yeah interesting it, it, it's great song but yeah, yeah, I mean, I love great songs. might yeah. be fatigue. I don't know, but you know, no, uh, no, nobody offense. picked. Uh, nobody picked. Do the Oz. No, <laughs> I actually like nobody picked starting but... over. No, nobody picked starting yeah, over. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Number nine dream. Number nine. Did somebody pick number nine dream? Did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, Tom did. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, nobody, nobody picked whatever gets you through the night. Yeah, yeah. I, I may be more inclined to pick it now. I like the way it was mixed on this compilation. Yeah, that made a big difference. That is true. Yeah. Do we have time to get uh, Ken and Joe's uh, quick thoughts on tug of war? Um, oh. from what we did two weeks ago. Do you want the Ken? Do you want to? Uh, yeah, we can do a quick, or... uh, quick summary sure yeah. i really enjoyed the show and first of all let me just say how much i admire chip and mark for the eight arms to hold you book it's been a pleasure mm -hmm. for me to interview them and i think that they deserve so much credit it's probably the most essential solo beetle book that's out mm -hmm. there i only wish it was updated right <laughs> up yeah. till today um and i also think one thing that should be said about that book that very few people mention and i and i found this out from interviewing them is that, and I believe it was Mark that did all this, but all the concerts yeah. <laughs> that the four of them did, he listened to every single concert or every yeah. bootleg so that he would know. That was all the Chip. Yeah. That was Chip that did all that? Mm -hmm. Or was that Mark? I think that was, was Chip. Mark. That was okay. Chip. Okay. All right. Sorry, Chip. But anyway, Sorry. we owe a lot to them for putting out that book. <clears throat> but um, their comments about Tug of War, there's a lot that I didn't agree with at all. Um, uh, first of all, uh, Ebony and Ivory is a song that I love from first listen. I still love it. I don't get how some people knock the song now. Um, yes, uh, you may mention the fact it was number one for seven weeks in the country. And that means that people heard it and people liked it. You can talk all you yeah. want about having two superstars on the same record. That doesn't mean everyone's going to go out and run out and buy it. Most people heard the song and liked it and bought it. And one of the big reasons why Tug of War went to number one as an album was because of Ebony and Ivory. 
I don't think that the duets hurt the album in any way. One of the few criticisms I'd ever make of Paul is that I wish he did more collaborating uh, as a songwriter with other people and more vocal duets with other people. Especially, you learn how you always knew Paul was a great singer. When you sing with different people and you sound great doing it, the way that Paul sounded with Stevie Wonder or with Michael Jackson or other people later on, like George Michael, you know, I wish that he would do more of that. I think one of the, the problems in, I shouldn't say problems, but Tug of War, I think, would have performed even better and had more longevity on the charts had the right singles been picked. I do love Take It Away. You can't argue the fact that it went to number 10. I still think Ballroom Dancing is the greatest single that never was in Paul's yeah. career. And I do think that, despite what Mark said, um, What's Not You're Doing should have been a single. Um, and R&B stations were playing that, you know, it wasn't, uh, I think that could have been another hit. You've already got Ebony and Ivory as a major hit. What's that you're doing? I think you got to ride the coattails <laughs> in a way. You got to mm -hmm. think at that time, what would have worked. And um, I don't think the duets hurt the album in any way. I do think Get It is possibly the weakest song on the album, but it's still a fun track to listen to. I don't think the album stalled after Wanderlust because I do like Get It. And I think Dress Me Up as a Robber is a real gem of a song that's overlooked. I love everything about it. You know, nowadays we're so used to Paul doing the falsetto voice. At the time, it was still fairly new. And I love all the Spanish guitar playing in Dress Me Up as a Robber. So I do think it's uh, it's an outstanding album. You all agreed it was. Oh, yeah. But, um, That's one of my favorites. That's and the only other thing that I would say about something that Mark said, George Martin deserves a ton of credit for the production on Tug of War. When it comes to orchestration on a Paul McCartney song, no one does it better than George Martin, whether in the Beatle years or on Tug of War or Live and Let Die or you know and the brass stuff that he added to the tug of war album ballroom dancing wanderlust you couldn't find anybody better than george martin but he made a comment about how paul needed help editing on the album and there's no doubt what george martin brought as a producer and an arranger was fantastic but i don't know how much george brought as as far as the songwriting goes to the songs those are still mainly Paul's work. He developed the songs and then George added a lot with his arrangements and with the orchestration. And it was stunning. Tug of War, Take It Away, Here Today, The Strings On It, Ballroom Dancing, Wanderlust. George Morton deserves a ton of credit, but the songs are still Paul's songs, his own compositions. And I don't know how much George Martin contributed there in terms of you know, the structure of the songs, yeah. you know, yeah. flushing them out. So I think Paul deserves the credit for the songwriting there. Yeah. Probably I, totally, yeah. unless we, we hear anything different. But yeah. um, otherwise, it's a great show. It, yeah. it, it doesn't matter to me whether or not I have someone with a different opinion than mine, as long as you know the music really well. And those two guys certainly are experts. Yeah. And um, we should praise them for that book they put up. Yeah, yeah, that book that I want to get a hard copy of, a physical copy of, I can't 
I can't get one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Showing off. you build muscles. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this book is always by my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's by your side at your fingertips. <laughs> no. right. Everything touché. is in that room. Touche, touche, touche. <laughs> Everything we Next need time. is in Tom's uh, room. Yes, that's can, right. Um, there's a little some thoughts on tug of war. I yeah, mean, mm-hmm. you want me to? Yeah. Well, basically, uh, I, I remember so, so vividly when it came out in in April of '82. It just blew me away. It was like Paul's masterpiece in a way. I mean, the first one in many years, you know, it seemed like, felt like many years. But I mean, I loved the, you know, again, you always got to qualify this. You always go, wait a minute, I love Back to the Egg. I really enjoyed McCartney too, you know, but you know what I mean. This was considered, wow, this is really like a, a gem, you know, this album. Yeah. And uh, the George Martin production, the first thing that stood out to me Um and uh, just it's such a well-produced album. Uh, I like all the songs on it, except for uh, Get It is probably my least favorite. And Dress Me Up as a Robber, eh, I'd rather have it on there than not, but those are my two weak tracks. Get It and Dress Me Up as a Robber. Ebony and Ivory, uh, I loved it at the time. Uh, I still like it. it. It's really strange because it was such a big hit. And I agree that that's probably what helps really sell the album was because that was on there. Um, you know, that was such a big hit. I I just don't understand why it, it's so disliked by so many today. Yeah. And I think Paul even had it in 1989, right? In his in his in his yeah, song set mm-hmm. and then he stopped playing it. You know, and I'm wondering, like, I wonder why that 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 has a different reputation these days. Why it's, not, it's maybe it's thought of as hokey or something now. I still enjoy it. But it's funny. It's just uh, generally a lot of fans. I don't know. They think it's kind of corny or something these hmm. days. It's weird. I don't. I don't yeah. quite get that. Um, I love what's that you're doing? You know, Stevie Wonder. I never really right. thought about the idea of it being a single. That could, that could have worked. I think would have mm-hmm. been a good idea. But ballroom dancing. I've said for a long time. I agree. Is a McCartney single that should have been. That never was. Would have done well. I think. Kind of like how uh, "Don't Let Me Wait Too Long" for George Harrison would have been right. a good single. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, from living in the material world, never was. And just some other thoughts that I have, I just jotted down a little. Uh, you know, I also think that a, a lot of people were kind of confused and disoriented from McCartney too in 1980, and I think that also helped make uh, "Tug of War" such a big hit. Not to say it wouldn't have been anyway. I think it would have been. Just, you know, even if it had followed back to the egg, I think it would have been just as enjoyable. But I think it, for some people, it's like, oh, I'm so glad now we're we're getting more of a conventional kind of McCartney, you know, instead of uh, uh, him experimenting around with ideas and effects and things for mm-hmm. McCartney, too. And that's it. You know, I, I, I don't know. I hesitate to say this as 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 much as it's a terrific album was then and still is now. For me, it's something is a little less of it now. I find it wearing off a little. It's not as outstanding to me as it was then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I was going to make my list, it wouldn't be in my top five, for example. It wouldn't be too far behind after that, but it wouldn't be my top five. I don't know why. So some of the luster mm-hmm. went off over the decades for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your uh, your thoughts on the tug of war. So, um, all right. I guess then that uh, that wraps up our latest edition of uh, Talk War Talk. So, uh, so I we will uh, go around and uh, just let everybody know what we're up to. And uh, before we do, let me just quickly say that we're uh, you can reach us, uh, of course, on Facebook. Um, just look up Talk More Talk of Solo Beatles video cast. You can reach us right here on our YouTube channel. And uh, please subscribe. We're still, uh, you know, we have strong numbers, but we want to get those numbers up, up, up. So, uh, we so need please, one million. We need one million. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, we can do it. We can yeah. do it, guys. So, uh, so just, you know, hit that subscribe button. And, Subscribers, uh, they're going up. up. <laughs> And uh, so tell, tell your friends, tell uh, fellow solo fans uh, to uh, check out our channel. Um, you can also hear us on uh, Fab Four Radio. So big thank you to Beetle Ed, who runs many of our other shows on his, uh, his uh, internet uh, radio station. So thank you to him. Do check us out there. You can find us on uh, on uh, Twitter at Talk More Talk One, that's the number one. Um, on our um, uh, webpage at talkmoretalk.com. And of course, you can email us. We always welcome your feedback. And, uh, and you know, if you have any ideas for future shows, you can let us know that. You just may see one of your ideas on a future uh, episode. Right. So you can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. So I think that's everywhere we can be reached. Oh, and you can find us on any podcast platform you can think of if you prefer hearing the audio version. So please check us out anywhere there and uh, and subscribe uh, to uh, whatever it's iTunes, um, iHeartRadio, whatever your choice is, please uh, hit the subscribe button there as well. So, all right. So let's uh, go around and see what everybody's up to. So uh, let's start with Joe. What are you, uh, Thank you. up to? <laughs> oh, well, well, first of all, you have to please subscribe to Mean <laughs> Mr. Mayo on YouTube. And I know a lot of you already are. Thank you. But uh, subscribe for all the best stuff that you'll find with Beatles, solo Beatles, rant videos, movie stuff, record store visits, vinyl collecting, uh, flea marketing, and other goodies. But anyway, um, I did some videos about Paul's uh, beginning of his tour, you know, about uh, Spokane. We talked about it here in Washington. Uh, you want to see what I thought more about it and leave your comments pro or con, please do. And uh, I recently was interviewed by Rachel, the music ma'am. And you can find, find a link if you go to my channel and you'll see a video. And if you want to have another 90 minutes with me, for whatever reason, we're positioned to do that. Uh, <laughs> you can check out the interview. We get it. We get into more than just just the Beatles. So uh, I like I like that. I like talking about other stuff too. I mean, Beatles. You can get Beatles out. Uh, you can. Yeah. So that, that's it for me. All <laughs> right. Sounds good. Tom, how about you? 
I will try to do this as quickly as possible. Okay. <laughs> First, again, you know, we we uh, we hit the 1,000 subscriber goal on our YouTube channel. So Yay. thank you very much, and congratulations to Tim Allen. Your your uh, your prizes are in the mail as of today. So hopefully you get them soon. So thank you to everybody that uh, entered the contest and everybody that uh, that has subscribed since then. We're we're growing even more now. So it's 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 great to see uh, the 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 channel to continue to grow um our, our latest show that was just posted this weekend we had adrian allen back on the show who just wrote a new book called paul mccartney the world tour 89 to 90 so this was a continuation of his wings live uh book so it looks like he's going to continue these uh, live books. Um, we talked about the the tour. I just did an interview with Joan Borelli, who went was at the uh, the first show. She came on after the show. We we um, we had a great time talking. Like you said, this was her 68th time seeing Paul live, and more shows coming. We're going to be live tomorrow, which is Tuesday the third, to talk to a friend who's at the show right now, and it's getting ready to start. It's it's minutes away. I, you know, we're going to be seeing the songs years real soon um and then we also on two legs did a, a tug of war special as well with uh, mitch axelrod from the fab four free for all uh site uh so check that out that's doing well also earlier this month we had ken michaels back on the show for our friend like you uh series which involves um songs from the 80s and 90s that paul did for other people in in their careers so um you know albums soundtracks compilations these are all songs paul did for other other individuals and other compilation and soundtracks so that was a lot of fun in the 70s my god ken i was working on that list and it's it's massive it's massive <laughs> oh wait so, a minute wait a minute this just in i can't believe it paul started the show with karina crory what <laughs> he said something about talk more talk just gave me the idea <laughs> off the cuff Excellent. And he's but, uh, that with Luke. Yes. <laughs> and then Rockestra, you know? <laughs> save that save that voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but uh, thank you. So please uh, check out the YouTube channel Two Legs a Paul McCartney podcast and and subscribe and uh, email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com and more sh more stuff coming. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Okay, Ken, what are you uh, doing these days? Yeah, uh, thank you, Tom. That was great being on your show again. Yeah. I was a third leg. Yes, you were. <laughs> you wish you were. And One he was the first days, he was the first member of the six timers club. You know, Saturday Night Live has the five timers. Ken ah. was the first member of the six, so we can call it like the six leggers or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get a or anything? You get a you get yeah, it's in the mail. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Tom Hanks will be there to uh, help you uh, make sure it fits. All right. Okay. Make sure Steve Martin's there too. Yes, yep. you got it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, on my other podcast, Things We Said Today, we'll be doing a show this week. Another show on tug of war. Looking back nice. on it, you know, another 40th anniversary. Hey, the more the merrier because yep. that album deserves it. Um, also, uh, let's see, Ken Michaels Radio, my YouTube channel, just did uh, an interview with Skylar Moody, and she's someone that we all just met at the Fest for Beatles fans. We did a media panel on the Beatles, and Skylar has a TikTok channel, and there's a lot of Beatles content on that. So we talked about 
not only the channel, but how she became a Beatle fan and what music from the Beatles she's fascinated with. Uh, what does she like of the solo Beatles? She's a young fan, I'm guessing early 20s. Um, but um, it's always important to have on shows like these, the younger generation to know what they're thinking about the Beatles, because um, you've always got to get young people to discover this music, because if you don't, you know, the fan base gets older and they die off. You got to always have new fans out there. And at some point, these people will be carrying the torch. That's right. And yeah. doing, uh, you know, shows like ours and being the major names. And that's why I welcome, and we all have, you know, the Ethan Alexanians out there, um, you know, Sam Wiles, all doing great work on the Beatles right now. Um, so um, Skyler's on the channel. Al Sussman was just on for another show and we look back at the year 1964 and remembered New York radio at the time, what the top 40 stations were doing, how they were handling the Beatles and the Beatles invasion of America. And I only remember 1964 for discovering the Beatles through I Want to Hold Your Hand and having a little transistor radio that I kept pressed to my ear all the time and hearing the top 40 stations and hearing nonstop Beatles all the time. But Al being a little bit older than me, has a much more vivid memory of that time and of the DJs on the two top four, two of the top 40 radio stations in New York, WABC and WMCA, what it was like. One fascinating thing about that conversation, which I didn't know, of course I knew that there was constant Beatles airplay with so many hits, but I wanna hold your hand, hit number one the first week of February nationally. But in New York, it was number one, the very beginning of January. So they caught on to the Beatles much, much faster than the rest of the country. It took a while for the whole country to get, I want to hold your hand to number one. Actually, it was only three weeks on the charts that it was number one. But even still in New York, it was much faster. And so, you know, just that whole period, that first half of 1964, is so amazing to think of all the songs the Beatles had on the charts all at the same time, we always hear about the top five, the first week of April of 1964. They actually had the following week, 14 singles on the charts at the same time, wow. not to mention the sales of their albums. So what was it like growing up at that time, hearing the Beatles on the radio with so many hits all at once? And then we even talked about the songs that John and Paul wrote for other people, like for Peter and Gordon and Billy J. Kramer. And what was that like? having not only a lot of Beatle hits, but the Beatles on different labels <laughs> having hits. So it was a, a pretty amazing time for sure. Um, and it was great having Al on. So we did a show on that. I did a show with Sean Ross, who is a radio veteran of the last 40 years. He's worked for Billboard magazine and radio and records. It's all about radio these days and how relevant is radio as far as determining what records sell these days. Is it as important as it used to be? There's going to be a few more shows I'll be having up on my channel about radio very soon. And I'm going to have uh, two, possibly three interviews coming this week. And that's on Ken Michaels Radio. And uh, if you can, please subscribe to it. Numbers are growing. It's close to 900. Please get it up there. Get All it up right. to 1,000. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not asking for a million just yet, but 1,000 <laughs> will be. I'll be quite happy with a thousand. Okay. And uh, on my website, kenmichaelsradio.com, I always have my weekly Beatles trivia. I'm doing a game this week called Writings on the Wall. 
based on George's song from somewhere in England. And it all has to do with knowing a line or a quote that's in the packaging of a Beatle or solo Beatle album. So that's something that's different. I've done it before, but not that often. So if you can play along with that on the Beatles trivia and games page at kenmichaelsradio.com. And you can win one out of 10 prizes, either books, DVDs, CDs, albums too, I think. Um, and that's on my website. So I think that's everything. All right. Always busy. Absolutely. And, uh, and mine is just really quick. I have a uh, review up. Uh, just went up today uh, for a site I haven't written for for a while, uh, Cinema Centuries, and uh, it's about um, a new DVD. It's a documentary called How They Got Over, which is about how gospel quartets uh, between the 20s through the 50s uh, helped basically in you know invent rock and roll it's a fascinating fascinating documentary uh so that is up at cinemacentries.com so uh, go check that out and uh, i think you'll you'll find it uh, an interesting review and and hopefully will will uh, inspire you to uh, go check out the documentary and i have uh, some more reviews hopefully coming very soon so uh, just uh, head over to my Facebook page and, uh, or so, uh, follow me on Twitter at Kiddo Tool and uh, you will get all the latest as to when my reviews will be going up. So I think that is everything. So this has been a lot of fun. Uh, always a pleasure to, uh, to spend Monday nights with you guys and with all of you out there. So uh, we look forward to the next, for the, the next episode. So, for Tom Hanyadi, Joe Mayo, and Ken Michaels, this is Kiddo Tool saying, nobody told me there'd be days like these. Strange <laughs> days indeed. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. See you next time. Talk.